Alrighty, everybody. Guru and Wiz here on a nasty and rainy December sa- Saturday morning. Uh, the good thing is, Wiz, is um, weather is not an impact in any game tomorrow as much as it's uh, a tough tough day on the East Coast and uh, in the Midwest a little bit. All of this will be cleared out for tomorrow's games. We have clear weather patterns ahead. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing... Uh... I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Looking at the uh, some of the some of the lines and the player prop bets as we're ready to start this. And uh, unfortunately, DraftKings uh, at least half the games, if not more, they don't have a full list of player props. So it's going to be difficult, uh, at least, um, to give out the, all of them that I like because there's some there's no line on. But uh, some when the line pops up, I'm going to play because I kind of figure what the line's going to be. But uh, yeah. Uh, we're headed to week 13, a crucial week. A lot of teams and a lot of leagues, this is it. I mean, your last chance maybe to make the playoffs. You're battling. Some teams control their own destiny. Some teams you got to win and hope another team beats a competitor out. You know, first place is on the line in some leagues, getting a bye week. So a lot of stuff. Week 13 is uh, very, very crucial. And uh, we're going to try and help people as, uh, as best we can. And, you know, of course, during the season, there's always lineup angst and, and what to do and who to start. And you're dealing with injuries. You're dealing with COVID. We still don't know what's going to be happening, for example, with Lamar Jackson in that game Monday against the Dallas Cowboys. We know Josh Jacobs is going to miss this game. What happens in that scenario as far as the Raiders go coming off that lousy loss to the Falcons um, in the previous week? So, you know, there were tough decisions to make. You know, I happen to be a Josh Jacobs owner. I have, I have Devontae Booker to back him up. You know, do I feel fully confident to put him out there at this point in time? My answer would be yes. You know, the matchup is pretty good. Booker has looked excellent um, whenever he's gotten a chance to get in there. Uh, now, granted, usually it's on a on, on a lower touch basis, but you know, I, I'm confident that the player can actually deliver this week. Um, but there are some injuries that you got to navigate. I think if you're a Dalvin Cook owner, for example, how much are they going to use him in this particular game? You would expect the Vikings to be up in this game. Uh, but you know, and and they've you know they've been talking about you know the wear and tear on, on Dalvin Cook. Obviously, the Vikings are still battling for a playoff spot, so there are some tricky decisions that will have to be made. Um, you know, going into the weekend. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's good to have the handcuff, but you know, let's be honest, Devontae Booker is not Josh Jacobs. That's number one. Number two is the Jets have been pretty okay against the run. I mean, they've gotten really buried on defense. These teams have been throwing the ball left and right against them. So I think the real difficult matchup comes up is like, what do you do if you got a player like Julio Jones, who's an elite wide receiver? And then your option is a good receiver who's not in the class of Julio Jones, but he's completely healthy. I think that's when you, you know, I mean, like if you're in a situation where you have Jacobs and you have Booker, yeah, you're sending Booker out there. You're not going to get the same result because he's not the player that the the starter is, especially in that case between Booker and Jacobs. But you're sending, like you said, Booker out there with confidence. I think like where it gets murky is, you know, Julio Jones, is he going to play a full game? Is he going to play a series, gut it out, and then start missing a few plays coming on the field? In a crucial week, you know, if it's week four, okay, you can live and die with your decision, but, you know, you don't want that decision to cost you a playoff spot. So that's where it gets, that's where it gets difficult. So, uh, you know, I have to see how it plays out and uh, hope everyone out there makes uh, the correct decisions for the team and uh, it works out for them. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, there's also some other scenarios where, you know, guys that were carrying teams earlier in the year, and, and actually, you know, I'll, I'll kind of segue this into in, into the love them and leave them part because uh, I have two quarterbacks in my in my leave them part where things have changed dramatically in the last three weeks uh, with the performance of these players. In one case, it's injury, and that's I'm talking about Kyler Murray. And in the other case, it's Russell Wilson where the Seahawks have kind of started to run the ball a little bit more. It's a game against the Giants. Look, the Giants need this game a, a great deal as well. Um, I think you're going to continue to see a little bit more of that balance. So, you know, I, I know in one of my leagues, you know, we're contemplating, you know, do we start Russell Wilson or Ben Roethlisberger this particular week? It, it, you know, I think if you asked me that four weeks ago, I would have told you, you know, please go away and leave me alone. But, you know, there's actually a little bit of a deliberation on that. So so I, I would start with the love him and leave him section here at, at quarterbacks, and I'm going to fade both Russell Wilson and, 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 and Kyla Murray. I think Kyla Murray is being protected because of that injury. Um, you know, I noticed that the over-under for his rushing yards was down to 40 and a half in this particular game. It's against the Rams. It's a division rival. It's a big game. But I don't think... Kyler Murray is being, you know, run out there at full strength, and I think that's a that's a thing of a it's a point of concern for me. And as I mentioned about Wilson, it's just become a much more balanced attack here in the recent weeks. And two guys that I actually like this week, and you want to talk about consistency over the last four to five weeks. Your boy, your quarterback, your Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins has been red hot as a quarterback, and usually he's ranked you know, anywhere from 15 to 30, uh, you know, for the week. But, you know, he's not performed in that way. This is a juicy matchup. He gets Thielen back in this game. So you can start Kirk Cousins with confidence. And I'm going to actually say, and we've talked about this offense and talked about this player a lot, but I think in this particular game, I like Jared Goff a lot. I think they're going to play a different type of game where they're rolling them out and they're going to get back to what they do best on offense, those quick burst of throws to the guys like Cup and to Woods. But I like Jared Goff this week against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, so I I'm gonna I have one <clears throat> fade or leave him this week, and it's the same as yours, Kyla Murray, and I'm gonna expand on the reasoning um aside from what you gave. Well one the offense doesn't look the same. Two you know, Kyle Murray is obviously just not 100%, and um, I guess he's not running as much. They don't want him to take another shot on that shoulder or arm or whatever the exact problem is, the elbow, any, any, whatever the issue is, they don't want him taking hits, and that's understandable. But, you know, if you look at the matchups as well, um, it's just a great matchup for the Rams. I mean, you know, not only do you have Jalen Ramsey out there who's going to be all, you know, covering Hopkins all over the field, and it's not like, you know, you have a great cornerback against a great receiver and you think, you know, he's going to be slowed down. Also, he really understands and knows the game that Hopkins wants to play. I'm talking about Jalen Ramsey from the numerous times that they faced off when they were on the Jags and Texans respectively. So he, he really understands what Hopkins wants to do on the field. And I'll be honest, you know, with a banged up Murray and Ramsey, I believe going to slow Hopkins down somewhat. And then the others on Arizona, I don't 
have much confidence in, with the exception of Chase Edmonds. And I know Kirk has good games once in a while, but he's too inconsistent to me. And Isabella, the same kind of thing. And I'm not the biggest fan of Kenyon Drake. So for all those reasons, um, I'm fading Kyler Murray. I also like Kirk Cousins, but that's, you know, I think that's against the Jags. That's probably um, a fairly obvious one. I'm going to go with two other quarterbacks as well. Uh, I'm going to continue to love Fitzmagic. And um, I think, you know, with those running backs banged up, and I think Miles Gaskins is going to get up there and play this week. I'm not sure what his workload is going to be. I'm not sure how many times they can get in the ball. But I think he's just going to be throwing the ball almost every single down like he's done the last couple of weeks. So I'm loving Fitzpatrick. And I'm going further down the list. Someone on a love list for the first time all year. Either one of us. I'm loving Mitch Trubisky this week, who has had terrific success against the Lions. Even the first game, I think it was the first or second game of the year, he put up good numbers against the Lions. You're talking about the Lions without Desmond Trufant, without their 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 first-round pick, Okuda in this game. I just think Allen Robinson and Miller and Mooney are going to have big games. And uh, I'm loving Mitch Trubisky, believe it or not. Well, it's it's uh, when we get to the receiver section, uh, I'll enlighten you with that one. But I, I think uh, it's an interesting call, but the Lions are, are uh, I like to use this phrase, they are toothless. So I'm uh, I'm okay with that one. I'm okay with that one. I think the Bears are actually going to route the Lions this week, uh, but we'll get to that further. Okay, so why don't you... Uh, why are you taking take us out? At- yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be picking on the Cardinals throughout this thing, and I'm fading Kenyon Drake. Um, I just don't see it happening. Uh, you know, I, I just think the Cardinals have been talking about this for weeks and weeks. They really have to incorporate Edmonds as the the, the lion's share. You know, getting the ball uh, different ways. Uh, I'm just not the biggest fan of Kenyon Drake. Uh, I'm fading him this week. I'm looking at where he's ranked, he's ranked as like, you know, in, certainly between a running back one and a running back two for the week, and I, I don't I don't really like him this week, so I'm going to fade him. The two running backs I absolutely love this week, first is Nick Chubb. And I think Nick Chubb has got something interesting to prove in this game. Maybe not to prove, he's not that type of guy, but at the end of last year, in the last game of the year, Nick Chubb had the rushing title over Derrick Henry, and then in a game that was meaningless in the fourth quarter, the Titans elected to run the ball like literally 20 straight times to Derrick Henry to get him the rushing title over Nick Chubb. And I just have a feeling in this matchup, Nick Chubb is going to say, okay, we know there's a lot of talk about Derrick Henry, and he's a great player, but I'm a great player too. And I think Nick Chubb is going to go wild in this game at the Titans. So I'm loving Nick Chubb. And the other player I'm loving is a player that you've talked about for probably over a month now. I think that the Ravens are sick of his Edwards and Ingram. I just think it's going to be a whole lot of J.K. Dobbins against that Cowboy defense. I am loving Nick Chubb, and I am loving J.K. Dobbins. What say you? Um, <laughs> we don't talk, you know, so again, we don't talk before these things start. I actually have a couple of additional names to the ones you mentioned, but Nick Chubb and J.K. Dobbins are at the top of that list. You know, they held Dobbins out last week. 
I don't know what the Raven offense is going to look like, but I expect a huge game from him in particular. I, I like your reasoning around Nick Chubb. I actually think that's going to be a run festival just in general between Henry and, and Chubb kind of slugging it out. But I love both of those running backs. I agree with you 100%. I'm going to add two other guys to that mix. Um, you know, we're talking about the Lions and Bears. You mentioned Trubisky. I love David Montgomery. I thought he had an extra hop in his step last week, uh, coming back from that concussion. He's basically the only guy even touching the ball in that backfield right now. So I really love David Montgomery in addition to that. And I'm going to throw one other guy out there. It looks like we're starting to get that movement. I hope, uh, you know, Sean McVay actually makes a decision and stops with this three-man operation because I think, I think Cam Akers needs a lot more work. I think you're going to see it this week. It's a good matchup against Arizona. So I like Cam Akers to make owners happy this week as he gets a lot more carries than he's gotten in recent weeks. And the two guys that All I'm... All right, and uh, who are you fading? Uh, I'm fading. I'm fading... Um, Miles Sanders, I just think that offensive line cannot get anything done. Uh, I still see Miles Sanders kind of creeping into the top 10 in rankings. Uh, I don't I don't particularly like that. And as I mentioned already, I'm fading Dalvin Cook. I just don't think they're going to use him in that way in this game. Uh, unfortunately, if you're a Cook owner and he's gotten you a long way this year, the most consistent running back in fantasy, the one guy that's actually held up except for a game, uh, but I think you got to fade uh, Dalvin Cook this week. I just don't think he sees the same workload, and that's a concern to me against against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You won't need him to carry the load in the same fashion. So those are the two guys that I'm fading this week. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't disagree with the reasoning. The one thing I'll say about Dalvin Cook is he can get a really light workload workload in this game and still you know, play a little bit more than a half and still get near 100 in the touchdown. So I understand the fade that he's not going to have. And I've seen in some places um, looking around that he's like listed as the overall number one running back. And I, I understand that. Uh, but even with a, a, light, uh, a light workload, it still could be a good game for Dalvin Cook. Just, he, you know, he may be in a situation, especially if the Vikings get a good lead, the Vikings, uh, uh, to your point, they're not going to uh, – give him uh you know that as many carries as he normally would get so that being said go ahead you take us uh take us to wide receiver yeah so my thought process at wide receiver this week is really volume so you know you mentioned mitch trubisky and again i'm i can't believe i'm i'm, I'm advocating bare offensive players because i've been very disparaging towards matt, matt nagy almost all of this year but alan robinson i think could be the best receiver play all week this week and you know so i'll highlight that Two other guys I really, really love, and, and it's a combination of volume and just it just the, it, the kind of the rapport that's been built up between the players, and that's Devontae Parker with Fitzmagic. Uh, they, those guys love each other. You're going to see a big game from Devontae Parker. I think he should be a top-five guy this week. And Jarvis Landry's volume, whether the we- he's been impacted by – you know, that lousy weather more than any other player in those few weeks. But Jarvis Landry had that big week last week. I think he'll continue to build upon that. While I said there's going to be a lot of running in this game, when the ball is passed, it's going to Jarvis Landry. And I'm going to take a guy from way, way back. We've hardly spoken about this player this year. I just noticed something in the last game that they played. Um, I know their offensive weapons are completely depleted. I actually read where Marvin Hall was going to be actually cut from the team, but I'm going to say in DraftKings in particular, but I'm going to give you a Cinderella guy for this week, and that is Mohamed Sanu from the Detroit Lions. They're going to be playing from behind in this game. 
I know that's a difficult defense in the Bears against wide receivers, but I think Sanu is getting a lot more attention. You know I'm not a Marvin Jones fan. I think Hawkinson's obviously a great player, but I think Sanu will do something in this game. Um, and two guys that I'm fading this week, and we talked about the Arizona Cardinals, and I don't think Murray's 100%. You talked about Jalen Ramsey, and I'm fading DeAndre Hopkins because of that. And the second guy I'm going to fade is a guy that's been super consistent all year long, probably you know, top three at the position all year. Uh, but Bill Belichick loves to take out the primary weapon from a team. Uh, I think he's going to have to choose between Eckler and Keenan Allen this game. But I'm going to fade Keenan Allen a little bit. The strength of the Patriot defense is certainly their secondary at this point in time. And Keenan Allen, I while I'm not saying he's not going to get his catches, I just don't think he's going to perform at the level we've seen over the last few weeks. All right. So uh, I'm going to fade DeAndre Hopkins. Um... I think he's listed certainly as wide receiver one inside the top 10. I don't think he'll perform as a wide receiver one or inside the top 10 this week. And I'm also fading the road version of Amari Cooper. I was on Amari Cooper for the Thanksgiving game of love, and he came through for me. But unfortunately, it's the road version of Amari Cooper. And I think you're going to see a lot more of CeeDee Lamb as the primary guy in this game against uh, the Ravens. So uh, I'm going to fade Hopkins and Amari Cooper. Uh, Allen Robinson seems to be kind of like, I don't know, I just how's he not going to catch six, seven, eight passes in his game? But I don't want to be, you know, just tack on to what you said, but I, I think it's kind of, that one's pretty obvious. So I'm going to give three other receivers. Uh, I think the Titans are going to be in a situation that they're going to need to throw the ball a little bit in this game. And uh, I like Corey Davis uh, in this type of game. I, I think he, you know, I know A.G. Brown has gone just, been a beast these last couple of weeks but quietly Corey Davis has played well um, you know under the radar so I'm liking Corey Davis in that game against against the Browns um, and then two other receivers I think you're going to see uh, Kiki Kute get a lot of playing time finally due to the fact of uh, suspensions to Fuller least of Stills, uh, Kenny Stills. So I, I like Kiki Kute. He's a slick little slot receiver. I think, you know, he, he has a chance to put up good numbers in this game. So I'm liking him. And then everyone's been able to throw the ball against the Chargers. For goodness sake, the Jets, we've been throwing the ball over them. I, I think Jacoby Myers uh, seems to have the best connection going with Cam Newton out of all those receivers. So I'm loving Kiki Kute and Jacoby Myers down the list as uh, player props and uh, and DraftKings specials as well. All right, love it. All right, why don't you take us uh, take us through tight end picks? Yeah, so tight end picks. The first tight end is is certainly you know um, you know I'm not giving anybody any anything genius here. But I just think that as far as DraftKings, you could just build your lineup around Darren Waller this week. Um, he's been quiet, and I think without Jacobs, they are just going to throw the ball to him early and often. Um, um, Aguilar, I think, may not play in this game as well. I just think 
Darren Waller may catch close to 10 passes in this game. So I think, you know, I, I'm not giving people something they don't know, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving uh, Darren Waller as a player that you could build your DraftKings lineup around. It should be in every one of everybody's DraftKings lineup. I'm going to keep riding the, the momentum with Dallas Goddard. He seems to be the only Eagle that can get open and that Carson Wentz wants to throw the ball to, even when he was double covered on that fourth and four play uh, last week and, and there were other receivers open. He actually threw it to him for some reason, so he just loves throwing it to Goddard. So I'm going to keep the Dallas Goddard train roaring. And then another player that um, just has these games at home in that same game. I'm loving Tanyan of the Packers um, a little bit further down the line um, to, have, to have a big game. Or maybe he's, he's close to wide, tight end one this week. But Robert Tanyan is, is another player that I think you could count on um, at the tight end position this week who I'm loving. And I, I'm just going to fade Evan Ingram for a couple of reasons. It's just not the same with Colt McCoy. And then with Adams back to Seattle, kind of like patrolling that middle of the field, um, it's kind of going to be cloudy, I think, for the Giants to throw the ball there. So I'm fading Evan Ingram. Um, and uh, what say you at tight end? Yeah, so I you know I think you make a lot of good points at tight end. I tried to dig a little deeper here this week at, at tight end guys that I think you know could potentially have decent games. Um, and I think you know we look at what's going on in 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 Indianapolis, and it's very tricky to predict game to game. But I just think I think Trey Burton's the best guy in this group, and he, he's still back in the pack, and they're. The three of them are splitting their repetitions pretty evenly, but I like Trey Burton this week in this particular game. Uh, Houston's not a particularly good defense, so he's a player that I really like. I like Mike Gusecki as well. We know that there's a lot of banged up people on the in the receiving core and in the running game for the Dolphins. So I think Fitzpatrick will lean on both of his primary pass catchers, and that's Parker and a tight end. It's going to be Mike Gusecki, and and the one guy that I'm actually fading this week. Uh, you know, again, I think just generally, uh, New England plays very, very well against against tight ends. They're probably top three in the league against a tight end. So I'm fading Hunter Henry, and at the same time, this week I'm gonna I'm gonna fade T.J. Hawkinson uh, just because the Bears, like I said, their defense, their pass defense is stronger. And I think it's gonna be a little bit tougher. I mean, generally speaking, you know, the, he has been the most consistent pass catcher, especially with Galladay out. I think this week they'll pay a lot more attention to to uh, to uh, Mr. Uh, Hawkinson. It'll be a little bit more challenging for him to kind of have one of those games this week. Uh, let me ask you about three tight ends real quick. I noticed on your TikTok you put Jordan Akins. Now, you have not had good success when you've had Jordan Akins on your love list. Did you purposely avoid mentioning today for that reason? 100%. <laughs> All right, figured it out. Your boy Will Disley, another one who should hire you as an agent. I noticed you didn't mention him. Eagles give up a lot of stuff to tight ends. What's your thoughts on the tight end situation? So, are you concerned uh, that he's kind of like splitting time, or what do you think about Disley this week? It's actually not the time that I'm worried about. You know, so the offense that the Seahawks are running right now. Uh, watching that game last week, Will Disley was on the field a ton, but he was the primary blocker in the offense where they used when they split someone out 
it was Hollister. So whether that stays the same way, I don't know. But it's for those reasons, when I look at what's, it looks like, like I said, Disley was on the field, but he was in there as a blocker. Now, you know I do like the player as a as a tight end, for sure. He was very, very good last year before he went down with that terrible Achilles injury. But I just, the way they used him kind of made me nervous. And as a result of that, I've backed off of Will Disley. Two more real quick. Uh, Jono Smith has been ruled out. Anthony Ferkza has been kind of like a touchdown-dependent tight end. Do you see bigger things for him this week? Is he somebody that could sneak into the tight end one category this week, getting all of that playing time? He could. He could. You know, the other kid uh, popped up last week. He actually caught more balls than than, than Fishka and uh, and uh, John o. Smith combined, and that was the kid Swaim. Um, you look, the Titans, and I would even say for John o. Smith, he's been also very touchdown dependent, just not enough targets. Adam Humphreys is coming back into this game for the first time in four or five weeks. So I'm not super excited. I understand that, you know, if you need a tight end this week, uh, you know, I thought about it in a league where my tight end story has just been a disaster this year. I believe it or not, I went to pick up cement, cement feet, uh, uh, Jimmy Graham, and I also picked up Trey Burton. I had, I had first girl on my list to, to help replace Jonu Smith, but he was further down. I just don't think there. It's a primary uh, part of of um, Arthur Smith and the uh, and the Tennessee Titan offense. Last one, Tyler Higby. You need a fantasy football search party to find him this year. You love Jared Goff this week. Do you see the last five or six weeks of the season? Uh, similar to last year, with Tyler Higby starting in his game. You love Jared Goff or? No confidence. Look, he's he is sitting on a lot of waiver wires right now. And you and me both, we thought this player would build upon what he did at the end of last season. We thought their offense would run similarly as a result of the offensive line me, being a little weaker and needing the you know two tight ends on the field frequently, which they are still doing. Now, he is getting over an injury. I think if you look last week, they kind of split time, both him and Everett last week. But at some point in time, you would expect one of these outbursts from from Tyler Higby. This is as good a game as you can get. You know, maybe Goff does stay away. I do believe Goff will be throwing a lot of quick passes in this game. That certainly benefits a guy like Higby. So, you know what? I could see Higby actually making a lot of noise in this particular ballgame. Fair enough. Let's get to the wagering for this week. Uh, games we like on the point spread, sides of totals. I looked it over, and I have four games that I love. So I'm going to start it off with the games that I love this week, and then we'll hear uh, your points and viewpoints and see uh, how many games you like and who they are. I'm loving the Cleveland Browns this week. Uh, stat on Baker Mayfield. Every single time he's had a passer rating of 70 or over, they're undefeated in this type of game with a ton of Nick Chubb. He should hopefully have a clean game with a good pocket to throw to with a lot of play action. Browns plus five and a half. I am absolutely loving. Sean McVay has not lost to the Cardinals. I think that streak continues. The Rams right now are two and a half point favor on the road. I'm loving the Rams. I think this is a game that the Packers can have a little bit of a letdown and play a little sloppy. I'm liking the Eagles, believe it or not, on the road getting eight and a half points. Will they win this game? Maybe. I'm doubtful, but I think that point spread is out of whack. I'm liking the Eagles plus eight and a half. And in a game where the Texans have lost Will Fuller, the Colts, I believe, are going to want to run the ball. I am loving under 
51 Colts Texans this week. Have at it. What do you like this week? So I'm going to say something. When I looked at that over-under in the Texan-Houston um, uh, game, I was – Texan Colts. A Texan Colt game, excuse me. I'm sorry. I thought that that line looked so. It's one of those lines where I looked at. We've done this a few times this year, and I've looked at it in a very suspicious way. When I looked at that line in particular, I was very suspicious. For I thought that that line was incredibly high, given what's transpired here. You know, not that the uh, look. Look, Houston's going to be a little softer on offense as a result of no Fuller. We know that the Colts aren't exactly lighting the world on fire in offense. I was very surprised to see that line in 51. I didn't touch the game, but I find it interesting that yeah, that, that you actually went there. So, yeah, a very, very interesting one. I just, I, I was, it was a line that I kind of wanted to stay away from. So, all right. So, I, got, I have one under that I do like this week, and I'm going to go with the under with Seattle versus my New York football giants. It's 47 and a half. I just see one these. I don't see this being a throw fest in any way, shape, or form. Giant defense has actually been very respectful. You know, we'll see if they can kind of keep Seattle off the field a little bit. That will be a big, big challenge in this particular game. No Daniel Jones, obviously Colt McCoy running the show there. I think it's going to be a very difficult game for the Giants, and I think Seattle will kind of play a more methodical game. So, I like the under forty-seven and a half Seattle Giants. Uh, I as well have the Rams laying two and a half against Arizona. I've mentioned Jared Goff a number of times, so it shouldn't be a surprise. We're both kind of negative on Arizona this week. So that's that there. I have two underdogs. Um, actually, the, the rest are three underdogs that I actually liked. Uh, two of them to actually win the game, one not to. Uh, I like the Atlanta Falcons to beat the New Orleans Saints this week. They're getting three points. Like I've said in the last few weeks, it's a team that I haven't wanted to play. I didn't like what I saw last week from the Saints just in terms of their offense. I know it was against that Kendall Hinton-led Denver Bronco team. But nonetheless, I like the Falcons in this particular game. I think the Steelers didn't show me a lot coming, uh, you know, in in that Raven game, uh, a a depleted uh, Ravens attack, and it was too close a game for my liking, especially at home. I think the Washington football team is playing inspired football. They got some extra days of rest. I love all the stories that are going on there between Ron Rivera, Antonio Gibson, Alex Smith. I like the Redskins getting seven points in that game. And I think the Bills are winning that game outright in San Francisco. I think it's a very confident team, even though there's no John Brown. Josh Allen's a little bit nicked up. I think this defense has played better. I like the Bills getting one point against the 49ers this week. Right now, the Bills have DraftKings is listing the Bills as a one-point favorite Ooh. in the game, but it's basically you know right around right around pick them anyhow. I just want to talk about two games where you know I talk about suspicious lines all the time, and there's two lines to me this week that do not make any sense at all. Start off with the Bears at home. I don't understand for the life of me how the Bears are only a three-point favorite at home against the Lions. The Lions are missing literally their two best players on offense in Galladay. Swift may play, may not play, but if he plays, it's apparently not going to be too much. Their two best cornerbacks are banged up. The Bears have gotten every single player healthy, ready to go for the game, Montgomery, I don't understand how they're at home and they still have something to play for. A chance, an outside chance to make the playoffs are only a three-point favorite. Do you find that line suspicious? Very. (laughs) I I think a lot of times when you see two teams that haven't played particularly well, they're division rivals, I think that plays a lot into this. 
But it, to me, it's, it's, it, this is going to be a one-sided affair. That line is wrong. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm dubious of that line. You know, it, it's one of those games that looks too easy. And the other game is the Chiefs. The line opened up at like 14, 14 and a half, and now somebody must have made a pretty sizable wager because these these sports books they don't like to move off three, off seven, off ten, or fourteen unless there's a lot of money, and the line is down to thirteen and a half. Off the Broncos with their entire quarterback room is coming off COVID at, whole, at Kansas City, who is. You know, throwing for 500 yards a game at will against everybody, and the line is only 13 and a half going down. I don't know. I'm just worried that something's going to happen in this game. Chiefs have a letdown, or, you know, they're not motivated for this game. I've seen it before, and uh, I don't know. What do you think about that line going down? It's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. Um, you know, the Chiefs have been as dominant a football team as they've been on the offense. Low too. It's fifty. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know listen, we're gonna have the, the podcast on. You know, again on Monday or Tuesday, and this game, and these you know two games will be official. But mark my words, there is something strange going on in that Chicago Lion game. I don't know. At home, three point favorite. I, I don't know, against a team that looks like, you know, they, 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 they and by the way, we need to mention, in the interim, they fired their head coach between the last game they played and this game, so, you know, uh, there, there's such, un, you know, instability going on with that team, and to be playing at Chicago, and the line is only three points, right on the money, not even three and a half, or four, four and a half, three I don't know. I'm, I'm going to pause on that one. It, it's one of those that looks too easy. All right. That being said, you start us off. Player props. How many of them you love this week? I got a bunch of them. So let's go to the quarterback position. Um, I, I have, you know, again, it's a very consistent theme. Ty, uh, Kyler Murray, 246.5 yards passing. I'm taking the under on that particular one. And I'm going to feed it into my Atlanta pick. I like the Falcons this week. It looks like Julio's going to play. I like Matt Ryan over one and a half touchdowns in this game. I think that is a layup, okay? And you mentioned Mitch Trubisky, and I have some bears sprinkled in my prop bets, but Mitch Trubisky loves to run the football. There's not really a lot of other options aside from Montgomery. 15 and a half yards rushing for Mitch Trubisky. I'm going over in that particular one for, for, for Trubisky. Uh, let's go to the running back position and right back to the Bears again. This is kind of scary. David Montgomery, I thought he looked very good last week. Uh, 61 and a half rushing yards. Lions don't play good defense. I have Montgomery over 61 and a half. Uh, I'm going to move over to uh, another running back, and that's Naheem Hines. Uh, looking at the line for his catches, plus three and a half. I think that's too low. I like I like three over three and a half for Naheem Hines in this particular ball game. Let's go to the receivers. Uh, look, Brandon Allen is not a good quarterback. I think all of the skill position players in the Cincinnati Bengals are going to struggle for the rest of the year without Joe Burrow being there. Tyler Boyd was a non-factor last week. Under 53 and a half yards receiving. I'm going with that one. You know, you mentioned Dallas Goddard. I don't expect uh, Ertz to play a hell of a lot in this particular game. He's been the most consistent show in town as far as the passing game goes. So over 41 and a half Dallas Goddard receiving yards. And you mentioned Kiki Kuti. I think he's going to catch a lot of balls in the slot. 
four and a half over under for the yards for his catches for this week. I like Kiki Kuti over four and a half catches in this particular ball game. All right. So I'm going to give out three. Um, two of the lines already out and one's been line is not out, but I don't care what the line is out is when it comes out. I'm going to go over Nick Chubb rushing yards, whatever it is in his game. Um, I think Nick Chubb has got that in the back of his mind. What, what do you think? Is. What do you think the line is it going to be in the seventies? You think? I think Nick Chubb rushing in that game will probably, if I was making a line, I would probably have it between like, uh, like sixty-nine and a half and seventy-four and a half, something, something along those lines. Okay. I, I'd be shocked if it was higher than anything, higher than seventy-five in that game. Um, but you know, you you, you never know. But it it could be. But I don't care what it is. I I just think Nick Chubb's going to get at least a hundred yards rushing in this game. Uh, so we'll wait for that one to come out. I think Deshaun Watson may have to use his legs a lot in this game. So, with that said, I'm liking, loving Deshaun Watson under 274 and a half yards passing because I think this will be the type of game where he's going to have to take off and run, and I don't think the passing yards will be there for him. And uh, I'm loving Robert Tanyan at home against the Eagles over 34 and a half yards receiving. So, those are the three. Unfortunately, about half the games, DraftKings does not have the unders and overs on players' props as of yet, so uh, we'd love to give out more, but uh, DraftKings is not cooperating. But uh, uh, you've given out. How many did you give out in player props? Like One, seven? two, three, four, five, six, eight. I gave out eight. You gave out eight. I gave out three. Two of the line. One, Nick Chubb. Um, you know, uh, whatever that line is, I predict it'll probably be like in the low 70s, but <clears throat> we'll see. Uh, and um, and and that's it. So uh, anything else though, we wanted to add going into week 13 about these injuries and things to keep your eye on? Yeah, I think, you know, you, you mentioned Miles Gaskin. It's going to be interesting because I think he's been dropped in a lot of leagues, and I don't I don't think there's a lot of healthy running backs on, on the Miami Dolphin roster right now. Uh, DeAndre Washington is hurt. Um, it looks like Matt Breida mispracticed on Friday. Uh, you know, Breida, I, I, Breida got put on the COVID list. Oh, he did. Okay, so 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 basically, you're looking at. Uh, you know, I don't know if Malcolm Perry plays some running back in this game. Malcolm uh, Perry, Patrick Laird, and and uh, and, and ba- Gaskin are down to right. Yeah, and Bowden, uh, Bowden, Lim Bowden is he also? I don't know if they've kind of rocked. I don't know if they've been. He'll, he'll be uh, used, I guess, somewhat. Yeah, I mean, it's trending as of Saturday morning that. Miles Gaskin looks like he's going to play, you know, I don't know. He's, he's missed, uh, how many weeks? I think it's now four weeks, uh, that he's missed of action. So when a player comes back off that with like a knee injury, you know, you got to see how he looks in warmups, but look, you know, if the you kind of have to do what the Dolphins are going to do. If the Dolphins are going to activate him, start him, and you have him, you got to kind of start him and just hope, uh, that, uh, the knee holds up, but it's a, it's such a good matchup in a, in a game where the Dolphins figure to have a, a good possession of time with the football. So uh, I think you have to start the player. I, I think the team that I'm going to be looking at most closely coming into the week is the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, that, that game last week was as unexpected a result that I think you that most people would have thought would have happened. Um, I don't know what 
Derek Carr's confidence is going to be like. You know, as you mentioned, no Josh Jacobs. You love Waller in this game. Um, I actually think we're going to hear from Brian Edwards in this game. Um, uh, I, you mentioned Aguilar being out. I, 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 I actually have a number of different names that I've kind of want to sprinkle in on my on my DraftKings, um, and he's one of them at a cheap level. I also I know you may pick a pickup of this player in one league. I like Gabriel Davis. There's a there's a bunch of guys that I think are really cheaply priced that could make an impact. Um, you know, in this particular week, Devin Duvernay, we've talked about him a lot, you know, so we'll talk about him on, on, on Monday because that's when he's going to be playing. But yeah, I, I think there's some sneaky picks uh, out there uh, for DraftKings, guys I like that, that could make some noise in this particular week. And, you know, I think Edwards is a guy on the Raiders because I think they are going to be passing the ball a bit. They got to get David Derek Carr, you know, kind of getting back to, you know, that was just a disaster of a game last week. And the Jets are the perfect opponent to take it out. And, and the situation and player that I'm looking at is Jonathan Taylor, who played a terrific second half, fourth quarter in helping the Colts win that game against the Packers, had about 40 or 50 yards and a touchdown taken away due to about 48 holding penalties on the Colts in that game. But he was terrific. And I'm just wondering if the Colts are going to do something to similar with Taylor, as I think the Ravens are about to do with Dobbins, where they said, okay, we've had enough of this stuff. We drafted this rookie. We love this player. And we're going to give him 20-plus carries a game and see what he could do. And I think John Taylor could be a league winner for GMs out there because this is a really key game because I, it seemed to me that they were on the verge of doing that last week and then he had like a COVID situation where he was close to somebody who had COVID and they put him on the COVID list. He missed the game, but this is an ideal situation against the Texans and a game that they want to keep the ball away from Deshaun Watson. So I, I'm watching closely the Colts running back situation, Jonathan Taylor, he could be a league winner for you out there and um, see how they use him. You know, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, the week before he went out on COVID, he, he was a guy that I actually recommended and he ended up having a big game, right? He touched the ball over 20 times. We've talked about this situation when it comes to the offensive players from the Indianapolis Colts so many times and how difficult it is to forecast, whether it's which tight end is going to show up, which running back is going to be part of the action. I think you're, you're, you're spot on in terms of what the game plan should be for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and, and I think, you know, Jonathan Taylor, certainly before he unfortunately missed that game last week, he had a really, really good game the, the week prior. So I think your rationale is spot on. I'm actually starting him in two leagues. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you're correct in your, your assessment. Uh, but yeah, look, this is the perfect way. This You want to keep Deshaun Watson, who's been you know, quite frankly, you know, in the last five or six games, and granted, it, it's, it's with Fuller, has been one of the most consistent performers at the quarterback position that we've seen uh, since they got rid of Bill O'Brien. So I, I think your point's well taken, and I, I, hope you're, I certainly hope you're correct on that one. Yeah, we'll have to, you know, we'll, we'll have to see, um, you know, how, how, how it all plays out. But, you know, I just think, like, you know, listen, 
I'm not taking away anything from the other players. Like Wilkins is a, is a, is a good player, and Naheem Hines has tremendous skills at a receiver. But when you want to ground and pound behind that offensive line, Jonathan Taylor is in a different league than those two other guys. And he hasn't played great, but the Colts' elite offensive line, for some reason this year, has not played great in front of him. But I'm just wondering, down the stretch, if this is what they want to get down to because – you just see Philip Rivers, and now he's starting to hobble, and you know he's questionable for these games. And did he really want to put the ball in his hands and him throwing the ball? I don't think so. So uh, I'm really watching to see if it's another frustrating week of Jonathan Taylor. It is going to be really disappointing, but uh, I'm hoping for the best, and I'm hoping uh, they decide to say, okay, well, let's see what we got here, and this is what we want to do. So. Uh, that's that's I'm, I'm watching that Colts texting game uh, very closely. All right, fantastic. So we'll wrap it up there. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we've got some action next week. We got a game on Monday. We got uh, what is it? Two on Monday and one on Tuesday next week. So lots of football action. We we stretching out these weeks with COVID and cancellations and all that sort of stuff. Wiz, I'll wish you a good rest of the Saturday and uh, enjoy the football tomorrow. But we're on, just to remind everybody, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Spotify, and we're on Apple Podcasts. Wish everybody a good weekend and good luck in their in most, team, most league's final week of the regular season. Yeah, and next week we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, fantasy football playoffs. It'll be exciting. All right. Fantastic, everybody. See you later. Got it.